You are Locked On Mavericks, your daily podcast on the Dallas Mavericks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is going to be huge. Welcome. You are Locked On the Dallas Mavericks. I am Nick Angstead, writer reporter at MavsMoneyBall.com, and I am joined as always by the editor, the still the editor of Smoking Cuban. What you got for me, Isaac? Nick, can you repeat? You're the writer of uh, from where? I uh, made the move today. I made the Woj move to go to Mavs Moneyball. Can't beat him. Join him, guys. Nick is the Woj of Dallas sports media. He just he just switched companies. I, but I didn't say <laughs> that I would never go to that company, and I didn't sit in front of a room of people in Vegas a year ago and say I will never go to Mavs Moneyball because Woj <laughs> definitely did that to us last year by ESPN. <laughs> <laughs> oh Woj. And yes, I am st- I'm still the editor of the Smoking Cuban. Nick sent out this tweet and is like, Yeah, we're gonna continue lockdown Mavs over at Moneyball. And I'm like, I'm not going to Moneyball. <laughs> but I'm super happy for him. I am I am happy where I'm at running the show at the Smoking Cuban. I'm super not to brag on make Nick's head too big here, but there's some fun people over at Moneyball. We're all friends. You know, it's kinda of fun. And people outside of the sports reporting world might not understand it some but you might you know some people might look at us and say well nick writes for the other side isaac writes for the other side but yet they do this pod are they competition or are they all all, all stuff no the idea with that is they just just two sites one site can't contain the both of us that's the idea (laughs) (laughs) so but it's it's fun it's you know like we we obviously cover the same team we do different stories and all this stuff and we don't really view each other or at least i don't i don't view moneyball as like competition we do our own thing you know i mean i've gotten paid to do this over the past couple of years i'm getting ready to go to like i'm finalizing a trip to cancun based off all my money over the just the past three months nice. from free agency so i am completely happy doing my thing moneyball is completely happy doing their thing and everybody's so fun like it's like it's like a family, but you just don't get to see each other during the off season, in between the holidays, I guess. Kind of like family reunions. <laughs> I but, completely, I completely yeah. disagree. I completely disagree. I hate everybody at any other site. Now I, I've left Mavs Fanatic. <laughs> you know, formerly the artist formerly known as Mavs Fanatic. I have left them. I've scorned them in my tracks. And Taman is Taman is dead to me. He is he is dead to me. I will never talk to him ever again. I am. Uh, if you didn't see the tweet today, I'm also done with the Mavs Fanatic podcast. That's something that uh, I gave up with the move, but I was able to hold on to Locked On Mavs. Uh, everybody else at the Smoking Cuban is dead to me. They're all <laughs> bullcrap. <laughs> no, we're like we're like the late night host. You remember when the late night host used to have feuds? Like it yeah. would be a Letterman versus Leno, and now it's like the the Jimmys are friends, and Colbert and Jimmy do like skits together, and it's like. Man, it's just like NBA players. NBA players used to have these feuds back and forth, and now they're they're buddies. Like Jimmy Butler was on Bill Simmons' podcast today, and he was talking about how he found out he was traded, and he was playing cards with Carmelo and Dwayne Wade. <laughs> it's just like those yeah. guys should all hate each other, but that's just the, <laughs> that's the way it is now, you know. In Paris, in Paris, yeah, that was the, <laughs> that was the other part about that. All right, well, let's not talk about me any more than we already have to. Today we are going to be talking about. Nerland's Noel again. <laughs> Just yeah, keep bringing yeah. it up, bringing it up. But but we do have news this time. We actually have news. Something happened on the Nerland's front 
finally. We just got we got some you know, something happened. Somebody said something. It wasn't at Summer League. It wasn't at, you know, it wasn't said on a broadcast that people were speculating about, oh, is he, you know, does that mean he's coming back? So, oh, it's like not speculation. This is like an actual thing that came out. Then we will also be talking about, uh, we're going to go back and revisit that conversation we had about, you know, the Dennis Smith Sr. versus LeVar Ball, you know, the, the father question, like NBA father's question. We got a good comment from, from a guy on Reddit, so we'll talk about that and try to get in depth with that. And uh, and then maybe we'll talk about some 2018 free agents. Isaac had a good piece that came out today that uh, just talked about some 2018 free agents. If we don't get that today, if we don't get to that today, we will definitely get to it tomorrow, uh, unless something huge breaks. So that's what we got on the front today. The Nerlens update: His agent is disappointed at where the talks are with the Mavericks right now. Disappointed, just straight up disappointed. And he said they're waiting for the Mavericks to make a quote-unquote serious offer. Yeah. And so, like, here's the thing. You know, we joked before we hit record. We're like, man, is this news? And we say it's news because this is the first time, to our knowledge, that we see a quote coming from his, his agent. So Or just his camp in general. Yeah, and kind of the situation because pretty much the only Nerlens news we, we got was, oh, he's, you know, he's hugging Mark Cuban at Summer League, and we're like, holy <laughs> crap, what's going on? And, uh, so, or, the, or the news that there's interest from Atlanta. <laughs> Remember that? That was like actual, yeah. that was actual news. It's just interest. Somebody in Atlanta is just thinking about Nerland. They're done now. But, They're out. I, almost everybody's out at this point. But uh, but no, it's just, you know, this whole Nerland situation, it kind of, you know, these are from respected you know, people too. This is Dallas Morning News, Seth Coe, Townsend, and them, guys that, you know, we see all the time. And so – you know, with with that coming out, you know it, it that eliminates if there were any any people out there at this point that were that was thinking that okay maybe they're just setting on a deal because they're just waiting to see if Dallas is going to pull off anything else and you know this kind of eliminates that and this puts us puts you in a, a really weird situation with Nerlens because like you know I tweeted this out today and a few people responded saying you know who cares like Nerlens suck suck it up all this stuff because I you know I tweeted out said it sucks for Nerlens like if you if you're in Nerland's shoes, like, I don't blame you, bro. Like, you get, you want the money that you feel like you deserve. And you see some of these other people out here, some of these other centers making some, you know, Biombos getting like 17 mil a year. Like, what the crap, man? <laughs> like, so, yeah, yeah. You, you know, you can't blame Nerland's in this situation. You can't blame Dallas either. And it's just this weird spot because, you know, his qualifying offers, what, $5 million? Yeah, six. Yeah, he can't. He can't play on that, you know, especially with his injury history. Oh, he, no. He how will, how will he feed his family with $6 million? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but still, like, but you're in this you're in this spot, too, if you're Nerlens, Like, you know, what if Dallas is offering, like, $14 million a year, and then your qualifying is, like, $6 million? You know, is it worth signing this, like, four-year deal worth $14 million to Nerlens, or do you risk it again this summer and – yeah, because that could be a twenty-five million dollar difference. You know, he could be he could be losing twenty-five million dollars if he signs that. What you said, maybe it's fourteen or something like that. If he signs that instead of just taking the qualifying offer and then hopefully getting a better deal after he plays a whole year in Dallas, where he's going to be the starting center and he'll be the you know the premier center and the the premier you know front court player basically. Yeah, so I mean it's a it's a it's a weird spot. I don't blame him at all. You just kind of you kind of hate it for him, and you know this this is something to keep in mind too. What 
what do people what did people like to bring up a lot with Gordon Hayward in Utah? Yeah, this past when he left for Boston. This is a good point. It's it's the idea that that Gordon Hayward went to you know went to Utah and said when he was you know able to get an extension, he was a restricted free agent. He was able to get you know a deal. He went to Utah. He said, "Give me a max." They said, "No, go out and see if you can find a max." He flew all the way to Charlotte. I think, if I remember correctly, he was supposed to fly to Cleveland to get potentially an offer from them. And then that was while the LeBron stuff was happening. And so in the middle of that, they were like, like Gordon Hayward got off the plane from at, in Cleveland and they were like, uh, cool. Now go back <laughs> because, <laughs> and there was like no official offer from them because they knew they were getting LeBron back, but he went and had to go get his own offer from Charlotte. And then he came back and it was matched by, you know, it was matched by Utah. Yeah, and so there are different reports about that. You know, maybe that play, that played into his decision with Boston as far as, you know, Utah rolling the red carpet out this past summer and stuff, but Gordon still set back saying, you know, when I wanted to get paid, y'all wasn't there. Like, y- y'all didn't want to pay me. And and if and if Calipari is coaching in the league in, in four years <laughs> when Nerlens' deal <laughs> is up, then uh, then we should be concerned. Let's just say that with the well, with keeping the comparison with Gordon Hayward. <laughs> oh, I just I just put it out there as far as it puts a you know, a strain kind of on Dallas and Nerlens' relationship. I would assume, especially and, since he just got here. Yeah, just got here, and you can imagine you know when he came in, Dallas was saying, "Hey, we're going to keep you long term. We're going to pay you." All this different stuff. I'll say this: if if twenty nine other teams across the league or twenty eight, discounting Philadelphia, knew the situation that was going to happen right now in Nerlens and probably the price that Dallas is going to get, that that trade offer would have been skyrocketed <laughs> at instead yes. of Justin Anderson because you know Dallas got him for such a cheap price, mainly because yeah his injury history some, mainly because. Other teams and everyone, including us, figured that he would be getting close to a max contract this summer. And teams were like, man, that's just a ton of money. I'm unsure about that and all this stuff. But if he signs for like 15 or something like that, there's going to be teams just cringing, knowing that they could have easily beat Dallas's offer at the trade deadline for that. So, How great would Nerlens have been in, in L.A. looking back now? I mean, yeah, they got KCP in that space, but man... Yeah. KCP for one year or putting Nerlens with Lonzo. Gosh, that would have been. Yeah. So it's just, that's something to think about long term. Yeah. I mean, he, if he, you know, let's say he signs, you know, a four year deal, 18 or whatever it is, you know, he comes in, he's going to have fun with the guys and he's going to be, you know, he's going to be good and all this stuff. All I'm saying is it might, depending on the type of guy he is, does he hold on to a grudge or something? And, it just it makes that relationship weird, and that's the only thing that I don't like about the situation. As far as it just makes the, I get the business side. Listeners are probably like, ah, oh, it's part of the business. Oh, cool, don't give me that crap. I understand, but still, it's still relationship building, and I do hate that part. Yeah, I had a conversation with myself yesterday on the podcast about that for about ten minutes. Where don't blame Nerlens. He's trying to get all his, you know, all the money that he can. You know, it could be the difference between you know twenty five million dollars over the course of his whole contract. So, <laughs> don't hold that against him for sure. And yeah, the, yeah. No, you got something else you're gonna say about it? No, just I'm done. So, <clears throat> at this point, 
tomorrow, which will be Wednesday. My piece will already have dropped this morning. So go to the Smoking Cuban and read, <laughs> read this piece. Because I'm actually, I, I've been working on it this evening, and I really like it. Because Nerlens could be our Steph Curry. And in the sense of the only way Golden State, and I'm not trying to build this like false hope here. I'm not saying Dallas is going to do it. But the only way Golden State could have built their teams is because Steph Curry had this injury history with his ankles and signed that cheap contract extension with Golden State back four years ago. Put him at $11 million for over four years. That allowed Draymond and Clay to sign their extensions. And that ultimately, in Steph's last year of that extension, making $11 million, allowed Kevin Durant to come in and sign last summer. Ken Nerland's... You're laughing. No, coming in with the fire. Coming in with the fire right there. All I'm saying is to build a super team, to build a big three, to build a big four, you need a core piece of that on a very sexy contract. And if Nerlens comes in at $15 million, that is going to be huge going into like next summer because immediately you look at next summer, and I'll just say, throw this out there because some people's not really talking about it a lot. If Dallas could shed just Dwight Powell, but ideally, if they could shed Wes Matthews at the trade deadline, you're looking at possibly two max slots next summer. So, not I don't know if we're going. You know, we're obviously oh, who are you going to get? We're two, who's worth two max slots next summer? You know, probably not because you know we're not going to get Westbrook or anything like that. But just saying, building a core that Nerlens at that Steph Curry range because as soon as Steph and this is what I've been working on doing, you know, the research on Steph. As soon as Steph signed that. Four-year, forty million, forty-four million-dollar contract with Golden State. That very next year, he averaged twenty-four points. Went to his first All-Star game. The second, third year of that deal, he was the MVP of the year back to back. Talking about the be- best value contract of NBA history, making eleven million dollars. So, and just you see what they could they built because of that. So, Completely. obviously, this would all hinge on Nerlens taking the next step in his career, also. But if Nerlens can turn into what we think he can be and locked in for four years making $15 million or something, that just gives us – because Dirk, you know, he's done with making the big-time money. So then you're then you're just looking at, like, Harrison making his, you know, 25 mil and then look at the rest of your cap space. So then you got – I mean, we're not even talking about Dennis Smith Jr. So, so then, I mean, all, all of a sudden you're kind of like, if you want to be – Optimistic, really, you're saying, okay, look at that. You know, combined, Nerlens and Dennis Smith combined making like $18 million a year. That would be sexy. Sign on the line that is dotted for that deal. I'm in. Totally in. I feel like I, feel like I just gave a bunch of false hope to people, but I'm just giving you what maybe management is thinking about with this potential. How how big? Because this is so big, this number that Nerlens is going to be at. Not just now, but building for the future if – why Dallas is playing hardball because it is so important. And we're going to find out, I think, maybe by media day, maybe training camp, maybe the first time we get to talk to New Orleans and he gets in front of some of our microphones <laughs> and recording devices and you know, we ask him a question. We ask him a question about the offseason. You're going to see it in his face because he, he strikes me as a guy that you can kind of tell his emotions on his face and you can kind of tell what he's thinking. And he is sort of quiet about stuff, but – you can tell if he's bummed out about something. Like you were talking to him about Kentucky stuff. He, he, you can see when he's you know, he lights up and he's excited to talk about something. You can just kind of see that on his face. He's not a super expressive guy, 
But I feel like you can also just – he doesn't really hide that stuff well because you could see in Philadelphia when he was mad <laughs> and he was not yeah. he was not wanting to play you know with those guys and that he was upset with it. And then he came to Dallas, and when he first got here, you could, you could tell that he was – happy to be here he was good you know with with you know hanging out with next to Dirk and all this stuff like it was just a good spot for him so I think we're gonna find out about that relationship that you said and if this you know let's call it a Steph Curry type deal if that's actually gonna happen yeah it's gonna be super annoying start off at media day because Rick's Rick's gonna get asked Cuban's gonna get asked Nerland's gonna get asked Donnie like that's everybody's gonna be asking about what happened over the summer? What took so long? They're just gonna they're gonna have to get their story all on the same page, and then they're gonna just have to get it all out and open really quick. It's gonna be McMahon. McMahon's gonna just be sitting in the front row and go, Rick. Now, now, what happened with the you know Nerlens over the summer? <laughs> nah, Rick. McMahon's probably hanging out with Nerlens right now, like helping him braid his hair or something. <laughs> Maxer, <laughs> Maxer bust, mother. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I do. I do. Got a. I got a random. Uh, random idea to throw at you. Do it. Would you, uh, as a framework, not ideally perfect? Would you sign and trade Nerlens for Boogie? No, I, I. I'm out on that guy. Okay. Nah, I mean, yeah, you, like you might think about that, <laughs> definitely. But yeah, personally, as a, as a player, and I just. Ugh. I'm not so I'm not I'm not completely out on him. That situation I don't know, I just he's so I thought good of that. though. Gosh, he's such a good player. That's let, let me put just put this clearly. He is exponentially better as a player than Nerlens Noel. And maybe the Nerlens Noel ever will be. It's just the <laughs> uh, it's the other stuff. It's the is the is he gonna come in and be good for Dennis Smith Jr.? Is he gonna come in and be good with being on a rebuilding team? Is he gonna come in and be good with Rick Carlisle? Frick. Yeah. <laughs> like that, that's a thing that he would really have to come to terms with. Yeah. I agree. I'm not saying I would do it. I just I was on paper at I would do it. Today. Yeah. On paper All I would right. definitely do it. You got anything else about Nerlens? No. And well, not today. <laughs> some, I, I just want I just want to say this. tomorrow, I'm sure. Hats off and mad props to whatever reporters or writers out there that it's still waiting. Like I just want hats off to the guys who will have a piece out immediately after Nerland signs because I'm tired of waiting. I'm tired of like texting my staff trying to have somebody ready to write something about Nerland signing. I'm tired of talking about it. So pretty much at this point, whenever Nerland signs, whenever we write something, whatever. It just it's it's dragging on for so long now. And I think who it was a Sefco or Townsend today that did the piece. They said it they Okay, they said it could last like throughout the summer. I'm like, dear God, please don't. Don't say that. <laughs> this is horrible. If we start seeing, if we start seeing like Labor Day commercials on TV, like Coles is having a Labor Day sale, and this deal still isn't done. Forget it. No. <laughs> and what what a boring <laughs> what a boring like free agency situation to still be talking about at this point you know <laughs> there's just nothing's happened he you know we know he's coming back we're just wondering the number that's literally all we're waiting like, for is the number i feel this like the next stage i feel like the next stage of reporting on the situation is the numbers like i could definitely see in the next like week or so resources saying Nerland's camp is wanting you know 21 million maverick's offer is you know three 15 Three million. <laughs> no, I was just kidding. 
No, Mavericks offers, you know, 15 or 16 or something like that. And I could see the numbers coming out at some point, maybe. Yeah. Or just people guessing about numbers, I guess. Speculating. Speculation. Uh, somebody tweeted me about speculation about Boogie being, you know, going to the Mavericks. Like, you just talked about a sign-and-trade and saying, you know, saying that uh, that because Rondo's agent and Boogie's agent are the same, that now that agent owes the Mavericks something, and so he'll get Boogie to them, and how they treated Jaleel Cousins and other things, and that would be a reason that, that DeMarcus Cousins would come to the, the Mavericks. Eh. Huh. No. No, I, I just don't. I don't. That's all speculation, obviously. Uh, I don't think that has any legs. Didn't we have a really good uh, agent connection with Chandler Parsons' agent and Dwight, and that was the same as like Dwight Powell's? Hey, Chandler Parsons' agent did us a solid. Not, Go not Dwight Powell's. Dwight Howard. God. <laughs> he did yeah. us. That agent did us a solid going to send Chandler Parsons to Memphis. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, that agent deserves a, a pay raise for getting that contract. <laughs> he did when he signed the contract. <laughs> That's, That's true. how it works. That's true. You get a percentage of it. You get like two, three percent of that contract. <laughs> oh man, That's like a couple million dollars, just like right off. The, That's true. Right off the bat. So, all right. So enough on that. The uh, oh. I want to get your thoughts on this whole idea that was it's been on Reddit a lot, and I talked about this email that a guy sent yesterday. Right. Where and I talk about Reddit way too much on this show, but the uh, so a guy oh, emailed Mark. Talk about that. Guy emailed Mark Cuban and said, you know, I'm worried about Dennis Smith Jr.'s landing mechanics and that he's going to end up being Derrick Rose. What do you think about that conversation? I mean, I I don't, don't want to be like pessimistic to the analytical people, but I just feel like it's like too far. As far as like <laughs> we're going, we're going too far. As far as we're talking about how a guy lands. I want him more focused on getting the ball in the basket and how to move his body and get the shot over defender and you know get dunk on somebody's head before he's worrying about the split second of how to land. I mean, but I mean, I guess there's a point to be made. It's just you're talking about split seconds of a player's decision on how to land and. Because you're not talking about him taking off. Or even being in the air when he's in the air for like 10 seconds. Because you can't help who's underneath you. You can't help, you know, who's in the paint and all that stuff. Except it's usually a Plumley brother or Joakim Noah. That's usually usually who would be down there. Well, well, Noah because he can't move. Yeah, and the Plumleys always end up being postered. Yeah. But no, it's interesting, I guess. Yeah, and we'll just we'll just see. The more that he, you know, Cuban said that they're, they'll work on it. I don't know what that means. <laughs> like, straight up sentence. I don't know. All right, yeah. l- let's talk about this whole idea of Dennis Smith Senior versus Levar Ball and the different you know types of father figures in the NBA. This is gonna gonna get a little philosophical, guys, and gonna get a little uh, I don't know, not not necessarily personal, but just emotional in a way. And so, if you're not into that stuff. Uh, we'll, no more of the basketball stuff today, so so we'll let you we'll let you guys go if that's not something you're into. Uh, I just know that some people aren't into that. So, but some people really are, and they really like the you know the theoretical you know conversation about where the league is going, 
and this whole idea of you know fatherlessness in the NBA. So this guy on Reddit, Young Buck 2010, sent us this great comment about um, I think it was on a solo pod that I did while I was in South Carolina where I talked about LeVar Ball versus Senior and and I'm going to refer to Dennis Smith Senior as Senior from now on. <laughs> and refer and it, I'm not saying Senior like a man, but okay, Senior. Okay. <laughs> so and how uh, how they were present in their lives and everything. And he just responded, said, hey, I've been looking for a place to post this after all the talk of fatherlessness in the NBA y'all have been throwing out there. Then he, then he linked an article from the New York Times that he said, it's dead wrong. Look, I hear you and I see what you're trying to do and say. Present fathers typically make for responsible sons. Those are facts. But the study I linked to shows this fatherlessness epidemic y'all alluded to in those last couple of podcasts is nonsense. All it does is feed into a stereotype that all these NBA players come from these broken homes and those that didn't are so lucky that their dads stuck around and did their jobs. Anyway, I recognize those pods are both coming from places of respect and admiration, but I don't think you needed to paint a super bleak picture of the rest of the NBA's typical family unit. And politics aside, I thought this, and it was another article that he... he, um, linked in there was a solid read for those helping out with black kids in urban areas. And then he shouted out you for being a Liberty alum. <laughs> Thanks bro. So yes. Okay. Do you want to go first? <laughs> yeah. The, the, just the idea that, you know, painting a bleak picture. Yes. You know, but that is the, those are the stories we hear a lot. We hear about guys that, you know, weren't around the, you know, didn't have a dad in their life. We hear about these guys all the time and how they came from nothing. And we hear about the, you know, the DeMar DeRozan story. He came from Compton, you know, he didn't have, you know, a lot growing up. And, and so the, the, uh, that New York times article, the big, the big quote in there. And the, the article was from, uh, Seth Stevens, Davowitz. It was in, from 2013. And the title was in the NBA zip code matters. And it wasn't necessarily all about fatherlessness. It was just sort of about this, you know, this impoverished and, and poverty in the NBA and the culture of, of, where NBA players and what their families are. And the, the big quote that I, I got from that and what I think that Young Buck was trying to get at was, in this article says, growing up in a wealthier neighborhood, and this, this so this guy put, to, let me just back up and give you some context. This guy put together this whole, you know, he tried to find out as much information as he can about, you know, these, these players' families and where they come from and their income growing up and all this stuff. And, you know, he compiled this whole list and he got some numbers on it. And he said, growing up in a wealthier neighborhood is a major positive predictor of reaching the NBA for both black and white men. Is this driven by sons of NBA players like Warriors brilliant Steph Curry? Nope. Take them out. And the result is similar. So it's just the idea that coming from a wealthier background, uh, you're more likely to make the NBA, I guess, is, is, is what it's saying in that sense. And it's probably, you know, the numbers are very small to make the NBA. There's only 450 spots. Now I guess there's more, right, because of the two-way spots? Do we count those as two more spots? Yeah, for sure. So now there's that was 500 and, gosh, now there's so many NBA players. <laughs> 510, something like that? 520? <laughs> no, yeah, 510. So what do you think about this whole idea that, that we are painting a, like a bleak picture of the fatherlessness. And yes, I was, I was sort of just using that as a way to contrast and to, to promote, I was using that. I was using that as an example, more to promote the fact that senior and LeVar ball were present in their son's lives and saying that as a good thing more than I was downgrading or saying that this happens all the time for everybody else in the NBA. We just heard a lot of stories of fatherlessness in the NBA and in everybody's life. I mean, there's, I have a lot of friends that grew up without a dad. You know, it's it's just something that happens. There's, you know, in in black families and white families and urban areas, you know, in rural areas sometimes, you know, it just it happens. 
Yeah. I was kind of confused by his post a little bit, mainly because, you know, he talked about us and y'all been throwing us out there. But it wasn't, you, weren't on, the, you weren't on the podcast. <laughs> well, well, we talked about it extensively after that second, second yeah. the second one. And to my knowledge, I was not talking about the NBA. I was talking about it in, in general, the, I, the, the, the epidemic of fatherlessness of that it is a huge thing and that I was pointing that we were both pointing out just how cool it is like how just how it is working you know as far as like LeVar and Dennis how they are present fathers and if if the gentleman if the guy is saying you know I'm trying to look at his quote and stuff but he did make a comment saying like it's not true like the idea or the talk of fatherlessness you know even I don't know he had a comment where it seemed like Maybe it's not an epidemic, even outside of the NBA. <clears throat> That's just not true either. I mean, I just I just took two kids for ice cream yesterday that I've mentored over this whole past year that one of them barely even knows who his dad is. I have kids numbers in my phone that I can call right now that's in fourth grade that's never that is never even seen his dad. Like this is something that obviously I've talked about it means a lot to me, but these guys don't, these boys are growing up with no male figure in their life. And they're looking at people like even myself, I mean, I spent just a few hours with them a week that they're coming to me asking me questions about manhood. They're coming, you know, and, and I'm, yeah, I'm a young man. Like I'm, I'm not even a father yet. And they're asking me questions about life and all this stuff. And man, I want to, I just want to love them. And I want to be there for them. And it's heartbreaking. And it, it is and that's where I was coming from in that podcast of seeing somebody like a Dennis Smith Jr. that, you know, was there for his son, that was a single dad, that helped raise him and all this stuff. And just because for me, like, I do see these boys. I see the the upbringing, some of them living with grandparents and they have no clue. Or their their dad's in jail and their mom's a crackhead. And, like, they're we're dropping them off. I'm dropping them off in the evening to their grandparents. And I'm like... What'd y'all eat for supper last night? He's like, man, we ate noodles again for like the third day in a row. And they're in sixth grade, man. Like, that's the stuff. That I'm like, if I can't, if I can't make a difference in their lives, when what am I freaking doing? Like, sports is cool, but like, so and now I'm just getting on a random tantrum now. But they've expect I, they've expected that. We've kicked everybody else out that doesn't want to be part of this. So, but like, if the, I don't know if this guy was what you know. The guy's acting like maybe we were talking about fatherlessness and it's not an epidemic and it is. So I stand by that. I see the impact personally in the NBA. You know, we see these different stories and in the NBA to really make it in a lot of these sports, you know, the stories we do hear about a lot are the, the stories of the kids that maybe come out of nowhere or the kids that come out, you know, they don't have nothing, but you know, it is true, especially with like baseball and, you know, basketball for sure, because we've talked about, you know, we talked about Harrison Barnes making his, you know, basketball camp for free. Well, how many of these crazy camps out here are $500? You know, how many of these, yeah. you know, and it's just like you almost have to, some of these, you know, kids make it because their families can't afford to send them these camps and have all this stuff and travel and, they're just all this different stuff. So yeah, we do hear different stories about guys making it without the dads because it was a lot harder for them. It's just point blank simple. And 
So, yeah, I mean, I don't, you know, as far as an epidemic in the NBA, followlessness and stuff like that, you know, we we don't know enough players personally to know that that type of story. And I appreciated the story he sent. It was a good article. It's kind of random at times, talking about, like, names and crap. But Yeah, I was just reading that part. He talks about how, uh, and you guys can read the, the piece, it's New York Times, you know, in the NBA zip code matters, and it just talks about how, you know, players with unique names are more likely to come from a, like a single parent home. <laughs> and I was like, huh. it's just kind of interesting. Um, and that black NBA players are were about half as likely to have a unique name as the average black male, which is, you know, sort of interesting. And then there's another stat in here that says, putting all the information together, my best guess is that black NBA players are about 30% less likely than the average black male to be born to an unmarried mother and a teenage mother. So to me that doesn't even you know to me that doesn't even say definitively that it doesn't happen to a lot of NBA players, you know and yeah. and, w- and we're not painting a picture that literally every single NBA player grows up without a father, but it's a lot. It's too many, you know. It's, it's too many to say. And l- like you said, we don't know enough of them personally to know that you know if they grew up without a dad or not. But you know it's it happens. <laughs> it happens too much. And uh, and this article also says that. 60% of African Americans are born to unwed mothers. And I, you know, I grew up with a guy, one of my best friends in the world. His name's Jaja. He, uh, he grew up to, he grew up with two parents. Uh, he's black. He grew up with two parents and they were on, they weren't married their, their entire lives. They just recently, you know, split up. But so that could also play into it where, you know, they might not necessarily get married, but that stat is massive. <laughs> that, that's such a big stat. That is more than the majority which is crazy. And, you know, and the NBA is, is majority black. There's a ton of, you know, international players, but then, you know, the, the NBA is majority black. So this is a conversation that we will have in the NBA. I mean, do you remember, did you watch that Lakers Celtics documentary where Celtics fans were having the ESPN one where Celtics fans are having a hard time embracing like Bill Russell and saying that, you know, like when Larry Bird came in, he was the great white hope and all this stuff. And there's still stuff coming out of Boston that, you know, in the, in baseball where they're having, you know, race issues and things like that. It's just an issue that we've dealt with in the, you know, in the NBA and in sports for, for forever. And I think sports almost is a catalyst for the rest of the world where it's a small, it's a small community and it's a small group and percentage of the country that we can look at. And it's just life in, you know, manageable chunks. The NBA, we see issues, you know, we've seen, gay athletes we've seen you know the this you know we've seen you know the uh the racial divide be cut we've seen you know we've seen all these these things in in sports come out before society kind of picks up on it yeah and you know the the foundation to this whole conversation is just really simple we think it's really cool how yeah (laughs) how cool of a how cool of a dad that dennis smith senior seems like he has been to dennis growing up and and even now, and it's magnified because, you know, he was a single dad. So, and obviously meant a lot to Dennis for him to carry the junior on his name. And they seem like they have a tight relationship. So it's just cool. It's cool to see that you don't see that every day in professional sports. And cause you know, I think the most recent one where you see, you see Durant's mom a lot, right. you know, and, right. and you see that and Draymond Green's mom a lot. And LeBron's. And LeBron's. And, you know, so, like, you see the, you see those aspects 
you know, and so my question is besides Steph Curry's is, you know, how many of these NBA stars do you see, you know, ESPN panning the camera to their dads and, you know, all this stuff. And it's, you know, constantly talking about their dad's impact on them and all this stuff. All we're saying is it's a, it's a really cool story. We're happy to see it. And yeah, that's pretty much it. And it was, it was more of a contrast in the, the senior story is more of a contrast to he grew up, grew up without his mom. Whereas a lot of NBA players, like we just mentioned, that some of the big ones, Durant, you know, Draymond, you know, other guys that grew up with, you know, and, and being with just their mom. So it's it's the exact opposite of that, and so that makes it an interesting story to me. Yeah, exactly. So, so there you go. That's our conversation about, you know, uh, I guess what do you call it? Fatherlessness in the NBA. I don't. It's not everybody, obviously, but it is a lot, and it's it's too many. And it and from this article that. The young buck, you know, sent to us, it's less than, you know, the majority of the population. But if the majority of the population, you know, if it's 60% of, you know, 60% of, of black males grow up without a father, if that's what that's saying, and then 30% less than that have, or, you know, is the percentage of players in the NBA that grow up without a father, that's still too many, you know, and we're glad that we're, we're glad that Dennis Smith, you know, senior and LeVar Ball are in their lives and are, are impacting them. That's just what that's just what we're saying. We're just, we're we're glad that that is something that's happening. I'm glad that you know. Hopefully, I get to meet Dennis Smith Senior, talk to him, you know, and get his you know perspective on all that. And yeah, we're just that's just, we're just glad, I guess. <laughs> it's yeah. an interesting story, for sure. So there you go, uh, Isaac. What's the last thing you wrote? Uh, not the guy back on Reddit. <laughs> so. I just want to give a shout out to this guy. So I obviously I don't use Reddit and I dislike Reddit. Reddit reminds me. So there's a site and I, I say from back home, but I guess it's other places too. Have you ever, you ever heard of a site called topics? No. Have you ever heard of 4chan? <laughs> no. 4chan. It's the worst. The heck? It's the worst thing. So there's a site from back home in Kentucky where I'm from called topics and pretty much get on it's just pretty much a gossip site people can get on and it's like made for like a region or a zip code or whatever it is people can just make whatever username they want call themselves whatever and they just start all these rumors and drama and it's like oh so and so is cheating on whatever and the mailman you know is doing as a drug dealer just all these people and you know <laughs> and so like it stirs up so much drama in like small towns or whatever it is or the well, Reddit is kind of like that times two, as far as like it's a little better. <laughs> it's a little better than that because my oh, issue gosh. with my issue with Reddit is people hide behind like these random usernames. So at least come at me on Twitter, bro. Like at least come at me on Twitter, and you might be an Easter egg, or you might have something like they don't do the eggs anymore. Okay, no eggs anymore. You might have some random account on Twitter or something, but like. If somebody's going to come at you on something, then they at least need to do it on Twitter to where you can at least, I don't know, have a conversation with them or something. Instead, I get these random screenshots from Nick whenever there's like some (laughs) feedback on a podcast or something. And I just get these. It's just sometimes it's nothing attached to it. I sent him the good and the bad. I sent him everything. It's just a screenshot of a Reddit comment because, you know, I, I dislike Reddit and so anyway, long story short, this guy came at me about my uh, my disliking for for LeBron, and 
I say I say one thing to this guy, or actually a couple of things. <laughs> it's obvious I dislike LeBron. Do I think LeBron's one of the greatest players ever? Absolutely. Is he great off the court? Is he a great family man? He's never been in trouble. Great businessman, entrepreneur. Great. Like, can't say enough about him when it comes to that. On the court, drives me nuts. And I just want to give you some advice, bro, that came out on, on, on Reddit. If you, have, if you have an iPhone, like I do, there's a little podcast icon. You can click on the po- podcast icon. And there's a little like search thing at the bottom. Or maybe you can go to like my podcast, whatever. Search Locked On Mavs. And when you search Locked On Mavs, you can click like our, our like profile thing. And you pull up our page. And on our page, over to the right, there's this like little rectangle that says unsubscribe. You can just click that little button right there. And you, you can just, if you don't like it, then maybe there's a Locked On LeBron podcast. Maybe there's a, you can listen to Locked On Cavs. I don't know. Maybe you could go to dinner with Brian Windhorse, and y'all can just, I don't know, cry your talk about tears. Talk about construction and traffic in Cleveland. Exactly. So, yeah, I'm going to make jabs at LeBron. The dude, the dude called me a 14-year-old, which is awesome because, as a guy pointed out on Twitter, he didn't say he was 12-year-old. Normally, everybody's go-to is like, oh, you little 12-year-old. Yeah. He was 14, so major shout-out for 14. I did make a note of that. Also, I'm an insecure Kobe fan. I'm like, maybe you got me and Nick mixed up because Nick's, Nick's the Laker fan. <laughs> <laughs> insecure. Yeah, I'm insecure. But he said trouble. I was unprofessional because I made a LeBron bash. Well, bro, prepare to be unprofessional even more because I will constantly make LeBron jokes. That's just who I am. That's what I do in person. That's what I do with my friends. And he's got a text. Like he's got a text from LeBron just now. Is coming at him. Yeah, it's like, hey, what up, LeBron? Actually, yeah, it's. Oh yeah, he should unsubscribe to the podcast. No, uh, so yeah, thank you, uh, thank you, Nick, for sending me the Reddit feedback. Uh, and bro, if you're listening, which is really funny at this point because we looked at, we looked up the comment before we hit record. And the dude deleted his whole Reddit account. <laughs> the com- the comment's still there, but he deleted his Reddit account. So all gone. I w- I welcome you, gentlemen, to come at me on Twitter. We can engage in a fun, fun conversation while you cry your LeBron tears. And of all players, why are Mavs fans upset that you're hating on LeBron? <laughs> Gosh. I thought that was a thing. Like, I haven't been around Mavs fans a lot. I've lived here the last five or six years. But I thought we hated LeBron. <laughs> I thought that was a thing that we all agreed on. I'm like, forever, for every one person that dislikes me bashing on LeBron, there's probably 15 or 20 people that's like, yeah, go for it. <laughs> like, It's not like it's a Maverick, man. It's not like I'm, you know, I don't see anybody coming at me about Dwight Powell. Heck, I bash on him more than anybody. That's, that's true. The guy didn't say anything about Dwight Powell. All right. Isaac, what's the last thing you oh, yeah. wrote? What's the last thing I wrote? I had a piece come out yesterday morning uh, talking about 2018 free agents. Not necessarily all about big fish, although I do list the big fish, the bigger names that are going to be free agents next year or could. This is about being potential free agents. and Because I wanted to put that out there because Dallas is hoarding this cap space for next summer, next summer, next summer, next summer. That's all we're hearing about right now. And 
you never know situations that might happen. We've seen Caldwell Pope. Look at that situation. We didn't think it was going to come to that, to Detroit renouncing rights and all this stuff. Yeah. So all, all I'm saying with with this old free agent thing is I give 10 free agents. Some are respir- restricted. Some of them are unrestricted. And there's some interesting names to, to keep an eye on. There's two. I'm going to do an in-depth piece in the next week or so on one. But there's two names that I want to keep an eye on, particularly because of their situations and because Dallas is going to have money to throw at people. And that's Julius Randle and Jabari Parker. Ooh. Just watch those. I say watch those names. Because there's other people like Andrew Wiggins. I put him on the list. But, like, you you know, you just never know with Minnesota, especially with their whole situation now. You think they're going to max him out? I guess they will. You know, whatever. I just want to put him in there. But Jabari's situation is going to be really interesting because two ACL tears now. Do they offer in the max? If they don't offer in the max, does he sign an extension? Does he hit restricted free agency? And then would somebody like Dallas throw a max at him? Because he's not going to come back until like January or February of this season. Yeah. So you're talking about like a half of a season coming back off another ACL. What's Milwaukee going to do if he hits restricted free agency? All that stuff. And then with Julius Randle, we know the Lakers are going to be chasing big time free agents and He's a guy that, how whatever opinion you have on Randall, you know, if the Lakers get to the point of, hey, we're going to add Paul George and, you know, another player or something like that, they're going to have to let Randall go. So that's just two names that, that I like with that. You know, just I put some names together that would, would come alongside of Dallas's like timeline, younger type uh, players with that, that, that would cost Dallas money, but. I don't know. It would be uh, check it out. Check it out. Completely. Check out Reed Isaac Harris. He's got good stuff going on. And in that free agent article, he did mention a former Maverick, and I really enjoyed it. I don't even remember who it is. It was a very short explanation on why the Mavericks would not end up getting this player. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. That's the Locked On Mavs. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Like Isaac said, subscribe. Do not unsubscribe. Just keep subscribing. Unless you're that one dude. We only gave per- we only gave permission for that one dude to not subscribe. Okay. Come at me. Come at me, bro. I'll meet you on Twitter. You can follow Isaac at Isaac Harris NBA. You can follow me at Nick Van Exit. You can subscribe to the podcast, rate and review. We really appreciate it. And thanks for all the support from me moving to Moneyball. I will figure out how to use their system soon, and I will be back to writing. <laughs> It's different. It's a, it's a transition, so we're trying to figure it out. But I'll be back to writing. I got something working on this week that I will definitely get out. And, uh, yeah, that's what we got going on this week. Peace out. Boom.